some time with Nurse Shar for honest and healing conversation about the benefits, challenges, and real-life struggles of living healthy, well, fit, and free. Real discussion for real people who want real change. My Better Living. This podcast is being broadcast on Power Plug Radio, home of your throwback jams. You can download Power Plug Radio app on Google Play or the Apple iStore. Don't forget to subscribe to the Power Plug Radio YouTube, where you can catch My Better Living live every Tuesday night. And visit www.powerplugradio.com to find out how you can sponsor the next episode. You're listening to Power Plug Radio. Home of your throwback jams. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of My Better Living. This is episode six. And tonight we are talking about sexual health. You know, we're just off of Valentine's Day. It's the day for the lovers. It's the day to be booed up or whatever. So what a perfect time to talk about sexual health. And I have a very special guest. Um, Shout out to everyone watching live on Power Plug Radio YouTube, as well as those who understood the assignment and they downloaded the Power Plug Radio app and they are now listening live. This week, the nurse's station and my special guest is if you are a fan of the podcast, The Spill, then I have in the house tonight the Velvet Missionary. All right. Maybe I get a round of applause. Yeah. The Velvet Missionary. Okay, and uh, as you know, it's February. So we're already talking about matters of the heart. February is also National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day. Um, I would like to just coin it National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Month because I think it's a great time during this month, during Black History Month, during um, Valentine's Day and, you know, the Day for the Lovers, also during American Heart Month. I think it's also a great time, not just for one day, um, before, you know, the whole month to just really talk about the importance of recognizing National Black HIV AIDS awareness uh, at that time, not just the day. I mean, just as important as taking care of your heart from like chronic diseases is also a very important time to take care of your heart emotionally. Also take care of your heart sexually. Um, if you would like to uh, hear my conversation that I had with Mr. James Swain, I sat down with him and had a conversation with him about sexual health. Visit My Better Living YouTube. The video is up there where, um, yeah, earlier this week I had another conversation. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the Velvet Missionary. How you doing? I am doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, you know, I called you in and I'm like, you know, I don't know anybody else that I would want to really sit down with and, you know, talk about sexual health and just, you know, this idea of Valentine's Day. By the way, how was your Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day for all you people who are in love and in healthy, you know, relationships. I'm, I'm neither. So the, yesterday wasn't for me. But oh, okay. for, for all of you all, I'm happy for you. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I, I can respect that. I can respect that. Um, but what's, so you brought up a good question. Well, what's a healthy relationship? Um, a healthy relationship is one, I think, which you have mutual trust and respect for one another. Um, there's open line, there's open line of communication. Uh, there's no gray area. You're either on this side of the fence or you're on the other side. You're not straddling the fence. Okay. Well, I like that. You know, I like the, I like the idea of it being balanced mm -hmm. um, on Valentine's Day. You know, it's funny because I feel like other than Valentine's Day, when else is there a time where people feel free to talk about sex or feel free to talk about, you know, being. I love to talk about sex. I mean, you know, sex, I think is natural. So it's natural part of what you do with your body, with your life, with partners, with, you know, so. I think that having a um, health, healthy conversations about sex and sexual health um, are not only healing, but also educational and fun. And, you know, one of those things that I think should start, you know, often and early just among people. Um, definitely, I think parents should talk to their, you know, um, Absolutely. kids early and often about their bodies and um, you know, building that confidence in, 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 in themselves. 
Um, you know, I think all of that is part of, uh, you know, sexual health and sexual being. Um, normally I would do the honest truth, but I want to save the honest truth for the nurses station. Um, and, and because we have some great topics that I think that we can, um, dive into, but I do want to ask, uh, velvet missionary before we, um, actually dive into the honest truths and, you know, these topics, what does sexual health mean to you? Sexual health. I mean, it's, to me, it's, it's honesty. It's, it's being transparent. It's being vulnerable, but not, hopefully not in a way where you're going to contract something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's being, having an open line of communication between you or whoever your partner is, your sexual partner or partners, because you right. know, some people are into other things. Um, but there has to be open communication. There has to be trust and honesty. Shout out T-Mobile. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Yes, push my bill back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there has to be trust, and that there has to be. I can't st- stress how important trust is. Right, right, right. You know, a lot of times I think that you know when you grow up, I would say for my generation, a lot of it, you know, we learned in a like haphazard way. We didn't learn in a way that sort of uh, made sense to us and we had mm-hmm. to learn a lot of lessons late about way. you know not only just the act of sex but what it means to be sexually healthy and i think you know you're still kind of defining that now like what does it mean to actually be sexually healthy um you know for me i think it's like mind body and spirit kind of being one um not to say that, you know, everybody has, I think, insecurities about their bodies, um, but really internally feeling confident and loving yourself enough to want to express, you know, intimacy, be able to express intimacy in a healthy way, be able to express, you know, love in a healthy way, um, being able to share your body with somebody else and, and being okay with, those experiences I feel like you know that's kind of something that comes from within and is really part of being sexual healthy but I feel like I learned that later in life (laughs) definitely I I would agree I learned it a lot later in life what'd you say yeah I would say for me I I learned a lot later in life for me sex was originally just about uh, immediate gratification Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know it was about meeting whatever the need was in that moment um i didn't see it as something where i didn't see it as something long term because i didn't i didn't grow up knowing how to date um so i think that's so important if you don't if you don't grow up in a household where you have conversations or where you have someone to emulate my grandmother raised me Mm-hmm. She had been divorced for many, many years. Mm-hmm. There was no man in the household. It was just me and her for many, many years. So I didn't have a model. Yes, I had uncles who were married, um, but I didn't have a model for how, you know, for what relationships look like. And in my case, mm-hmm. I definitely didn't have one at all. Right, so, right. <laughs> so, you know, so consequently, my, my concept of relationships was sneaking, mm-hmm. sneaking around, smashed on the low. Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't get caught. And so it took me years later to realize that there's more to actual relationships right. than just sex or right. than just that immediate gratification. Right, right. But you said something that sparked me because, you know, the, the smash on the low part is like, I think even in my generation, like, I mean, we're like around the same age. I think even being a heterosexual woman I went through that too you know like mm-hmm. at some point and I think it's just the way we were raised you know like I didn't, I wasn't raised in a household where sex was openly talked about um but you know also being around my grandmother a lot you know that's not something that you know is discussed or really put on display or yeah, anything I think like that one time it might so have been a conversation kind of like don't bring no babies home. Don't bring yeah. no babies here. Well, yeah, like, well, I had that too. It was kind of like, well, I don't think you got to worry about that. Yeah, but- <laughs> I had that too. I had that too. Um, so, yeah, I think that that, you know, but nowadays, you know, kids know more. We know more. Mm-hmm. So we're able to, you know, really impart that, I think, on younger you generations know how, you know now. You know what I learned about sex when I was growing up? My first tutorial 
about sex was probably like HBO, late night HBO. Really? Yeah. <laughs> the, the fuzzy TV on Cinemax. <laughs> <laughs> well, you watch HBO late at night and, right. you, and you see all the stuff going on and you kind of like, hmm. Like I, I didn't I didn't get a chance to sit down and have those conversations. Right, right, so. right. I don't think any of us did. But now, I mean, we got social media. It's pretty much like these children and these children today they learn so much so fast they be i mean everything. we're in the age of information and they're soaking everything up um and so it's it's just amazing the things that they're learning now um and the conversations that you have to have like you know with your kid about you know sex and sexual but i think i think that some of it is good you know a lot of it is good to sit and really have those conversations you know with your teenager or your you know um preteen about their bodies about sexual health i mean i think it just saves them a lot of you know it just saves them a lot in the end from having to try to figure these things out or feel like they are figuring figuring these things out in a silo or by themselves um absolutely I'm really excited about getting to these honest truths. So we're going to get into the nurses station. The nurses station is sponsored by the Bird Cares nonprofit organization. Dealing with the challenges of today requires problem solvers who bring different perspectives and are willing to take risks. The Bird Cares emerged out of a pursuit to inspire and support the community and a desire for action to speak louder than words. Established in 2017, they're an organization driven by progressive ideas, bold action, and a strong foundation of support. The Bird Cares is dedicated to improving health outcomes in high-risk communities, one message and event at a time. This mission is to inspire health. Uh, their mission is to inspire health and behavioral change among families and communities through health promotion, target marketing, and education. Let the Bird Cares take your health message from idea to reality. If you want to um, sponsor the Nurses Station on My Better Living podcast, visit Power Plug Radio, www.powerplugradio.com, and you can find out how you can also sponsor. Uh, the nurses station. So I'm here with the Velvet Missionary and we're kind of chopping it up about sexual health and what does that mean? And I think we've come to the conclusion that we wish we would have got more information earlier uh, it um, a and lot of- had a safe space to do that. Yes. Okay. Um, so let's get into some of these honest truths. Um, you looked at this list and it's, it's basically a list, 35 hard truths. Um, Cause we're just going to delve into, you know, the sex part, you know, um, because a lot of sexual health is dealing with the body, the body, the anatomy, the anatomy, uh, the sex. Um, so the velvet missionary promised me that he would be on his best behavior. Yes. I left the good, I left the good communion at home. Yes. He will, he, he will be on the PG behavior. So we're going to tackle some of these, uh, hard truths. So, um, I'm going to read one and, uh, you know, you tell me what you think or if you ever experienced this. So the first one is, um, a hard truth about sex that, you know, they might not tell you don't waste your time with someone who doesn't want to please you. In short, no one likes needs wants or deserves a selfish person absolutely and i think in the beginning when i was searching for some kind of love or some kind of instant gratification i would put up with a lot of things Mm -hmm. from people that um um i won't today like back in the end it was it was by hooking up with the trade i'm sorry for those of y'all who don't know what trade is um it was just hooking up with with the most masculine guy or um um, the person that fit the bill for you in that moment in time. And it wasn't necessarily about what you wanted. It was about what they wanted. Right. You know, and now I don't do that. Now we're going to have a conversation because if you don't like to do the kinds of things I like to do, then it's kind of like next. Right. For right. a better word, next. I agree with that. I mean, you know, you know, even even just in relationship, but also in, you know, sexual experiences or you know intimate times you know you want somebody to be as into you and figuring out what pleases you the same way you would want to be into them and figuring Mm -hmm. out what pleases them um and also some of that is knowing what pleases you and being 
you know, um, willing to stand up and say, hey, you know, I like that. I don't like this and I'm uncomfortable with that. To be honest, to me, I can't stand when you're actually in the moment. Mm -hmm. I don't like questions like, do you like this? Do you like, no, we should, you should already ask me that. Mm -hmm. You know, like Mm -hmm. we should already, because it frustrates me. Right. Then at that point, because I know me, I'm very oriented. I'm detail oriented. I like to ask questions. Right, right. You know, you know me, I like to talk about sex. It ain't nothing. Catch right. me on Wednesday night, uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's just it's important to get all that stuff. Don't be in such a rush to get to the finish that you haven't even taken time to um, what's the right word to um, you haven't even looked at the racetrack because you're so busy trying to get to the finish line. Right, right. I like that analogy. Okay, so I have another one from you. Um. This one I 100% agree with. It says, don't go from anal to any other type of sex. That's a breeding ground for disease, so make sure you are hygienic. That is nice and tea. Now, if you're going to be out here doing oral sex, um, if, you, if you're going to be... Um um, if you're gonna be doing a little, a little kitty kitty, little licky licky. If you're gonna, if you're gonna be eating, I think I can get away with that one. If you <laughs> had to look at the station manager on that one, <laughs> um, if you're gonna be eating the groceries, you know, I feel like you should do that stuff before you um, do an insertion, right? Because once you do an insertion, right, like, oh, that is nasty. You can't come back. I don't care how clean you think somebody right. is, right? That right. that is a um, it might be you could it might be a little more acceptable with a vagina versus an anus. No. But um it's you know, never I've, seen, acceptable. I've seen some people do it. But, <laughs> but you know, you I just think some things you ought to get to first. If you're gonna do the, you know, do, do the foreplay first. Right. And once you get in there, then you get in there. Don't don't get out of there and then go back right. to the foreplay. Right. That's I mean, you know, you gotta think just about, you know, pH and certain things are in certain places and they're separate for a reason. Um, so, you know, just thinking about different, you know, you have bacteria in your mouth that are different from the bacteria that you may have around your genitals, which are going to be completely different than the waste bacteria that comes out of your mm-hmm. body. So, you know, I 100% agree with that hard truth that, yes, uh, Summer's Eve is not going to catch it all. Right. We're back there. Should stay back there. <laughs> yes. That should be the last thing. So the velvet <laughs> says that should be the last on your list. Thank you. You ought to do all that before. Do right. all that before. That is the last on your list. All right. We got another one. Get tested for STIs. You, can, you can't always trust the person you're sleeping with. Who knows how many partners had, they've had. You know what? This is so true. And I, 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 it is, I don't know why we, and I say we just universally, why we think that people aren't doing the same things we may be doing. Right. And so it's it's just important for your own health. Don't be in such a rush, like I said earlier, to get to the finish line that you're not ensuring your own well-being. You're not ensuring your own protection. Because um, what's the song? Um, I'm not. I'm gonna be nice because you know we PG, but you can't trust nobody, right? You right. can't. And the problem is we trust people that haven't earned our trust. That part. That's very important. Um, And I think that some of that, you know, I always say that, you know, sometimes you'll see adult dysfunction or and I won't even say it's complete dysfunction, but you'll see some of these kind of things in adults. And it's really just like a a past childhood trauma. You know, maybe, you know, I'm no psychologist, um, but I think that a lot that's how a lot of it plays out. You know, even trusting people with your body in a way that you know, you shouldn't, you know, and, and almost like you give yourself away, you know, but you're right. You can't trust somebody. So that he can use you. At the end of the day, you should always look out for yourself no matter what and get that SCI test. Um, there was a question earlier that said how often you should get, um, STI tested I think, and you tell me if you agree, Velvet, if you are sleeping with multiple people and you're dating around or whatever you're doing, you should get tested every three months for STIs and HIV. Um, If you're like in a monogamous relationship, I still would recommend at least once a year. What'd you say? For some people cases, they might want to go every week. (laughs) Let's just keep it real. Some some people need to just camp out outside. And and when, when the building open, I'm here for my weekly checkup. Weekly? Weekly. 
<laughs> How's that possible? Look, you have to be honest about what you're doing. See, the problem is people don't want to be honest okay. about what they're doing and the frequency of what they're doing. Oh. You know, it's hard times. Like, hey, we got inflation going on. Listen. Look, milk don't <laughs> went up, bread, everything don't went up. And, you know, people out here doing what they got to do to survive. And, you know, I ain't talking about everybody. I'm just talking about who I'm talking about. Right. But if you know you are really, really active with a whole bunch of people, you might need to go a little more frequently than three months. Okay, I agree with that. So be honest with yourself mm-hmm. be about honest. your your interactions. Um, you know, I I still am one hundred percent promoter of safe sex. You know, a lot of times, you know, having having sex with multiple people, you know, are you getting to know multiple people, or is it coming from a place of hurt and pain where you feel like you got to give yourself away? You know, you never know what it is. You some know, some people, people just want to smash that, and some people might be just you know. Trying to, uh, what did uh, your girl say, Solange say? Sex it away. You mm-hmm. know, whatever it is, just be safe. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. You know, just be safe with it. Um, Here's another one. Have a safe word. No one should be embarrassed about having boundaries. Did you ever have to need a safe word? I don't think I ever had a safe word. I would just say no or stop or, you know, or if you keep that, I'm, I'm going to beat you. You know what? You know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> i swing this way don't t- don't take it don't take it as no joke <laughs> that is hilarious i've never needed a safe word but i think it's 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 a good idea if you feel like you if you're into doing some you know different things you know that might require a safe word by all means please have a safe word and know your boundaries know when to say no know when you know it's enough for you um here's another one you should ask your partner frequently about their enjoyment and get feedback about you know what interests them what their desires are what their kinks are see i'm into that but i'm also kind of into i'm kind of like i'm a trekkie so if you ever watch Star Trek, no, I want to go. Please tell me what this. I want to go kind of how they said in the intro. I want to go where no man has gone before. Now, realistically, I know someone may have been there before, oh. but I, I'm a pro. But I like to discover things too. I like to ask, but I also like to discover. Oh. Because I want you to remember me. Oh. Okay. If I, if you don't remember me after we done, I haven't done my job. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that. Well, okay. So you don't feel like you need to ask them if they if they've enjoyed it. You guarantee. No, I want to guarantee. Like a guarantee because because that's an ego boost too. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That's what. I, you know, I I want to be out here doing good mission work. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Here's another one. Water does the opposite of lube. It actually dries things up. So lube, use lube instead of water. Uh, I do believe in using lube specifically, though. I like um, I'm not a fan of water based lube for that reason. I'm more of a fan of silicone. Okay. Um, just because it's drier, um, it's less friction, depending on where you're going, you know. Right. All right. How about this one? If you don't want to do something, don't do it. Yes, absolutely. Now, here, here's my disclaimer, though. Sometimes you don't know going into a situation that you're going to be presented with something that you may not want to do. But if you have any kind of idea that it could potentially go that way, do your best not to even put yourself in that situation and have to say no. I would say that's that's true. I've experienced that in, you know, in, in, you know, in the past of feeling like a situation was probably going to go a little bit further than you wanted it to go or mm-hmm. you just might you know end up in a situation um getting out early is better than you know getting thick into a situation like that and thinking you can just you know mm-hmm. depending on what it is but definitely i would agree with um you know saying no if something makes you feel uncomfortable and I think just that's say no, like, and, and, if, and if they want to continue on, be ready to fight. <laughs> I think that that's something that young, you know, young 
you know, females and males, you know, even as young as middle school and, you know, young teenagers should really understand that concept that if you don't want to do something, you know, don't do it. And, you know, how pressure can, you know, really push you into a situation where, you know, things just went left and, you know, you couldn't do anything to stop it. All right. This one is a funny one. Sex on a beach is not all it's cracked up to be. Sand gets everywhere and it itches and it burns and you get all your grains and all these special parts. So no sex on the beach. Maybe you better have you a really um you better have you a really thick blanket. <laughs> sand is something because yeah, but you you're right. Sand gets everywhere and that's just you don't need them kind of issues. You know. So here's one that, you know, I I think this is a great one um, because I think that as you get older, you're realizing like just how life is, you know, with your sexual health. And this one I think is great. Invest in, so, in sex toys and don't cheap out when you do. See. I think this is a great one. I'm very much a fan of masturbation. Well, so am I. I'm very much a fan of that, too. You, yes. you have to get it how you can get it. Well, you know, I but. think that for just people in general, it's good to spend time with yourself. You know, it's good to know well, your body. Well, it's kind of like, you know, points, know, you know, know we were, we've been like. programmed to think that was nasty. That was yucky. Ooh. Right. You know, but the thing is, how but can you, you know older, somebody you know better? Yeah. But it's kind of like, how can you know somebody else and you don't know yourself? First? Thank you. That's that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. Thank you, Velvet. That's exact. That's why I, th- I agree with this one. Invest in sex toys and don't cheap out. Yeah, get something good. You're not. You're not. I'm nothing against sex toys. I'm. I'm just a little old school. I don't. You know, everything I ever liked, it, 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 it came grown. To, it came attached to something, and oh, it was. Okay. It wasn't manufactured. Well, I'm not true. <laughs> in reality, yeah. But that's why it's a toy. Mm-hmm. So it's called a toy. But it's all right for the for everybody who likes sex toys. It's okay. It's okay. Here's one that I think um, is very important, as we talked about, is being safe. If you're not comfortable without using protection, don't do it. Um, you know, we talk about people, you know, getting STIs um, and being safe with their bodies. And can we just talk about pressures that people may feel to go unprotected? So... Sometimes there is pressure or expectation. You know, we have people out here that like to do it raw. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't like to use protection. So I'm I'm kind of I'm very I'm very cynical. So in situations like that, I'm automatically thinking, hmm, you probably you don't even know me that well. You know, because just being honest, that was my experience. I may right. not I may not really know you like that. Right. So probably if you're trying to do this with me, this is probably your normal behavior. I would agree. So, so that's definitely going to put me like on a uh, no because I don't know who you've been dealing with. Right. And I told myself one thing I told myself years ago was I was never going to be a statistic. You know, and that's and that's not to demean or demoralize or make light of, of anyone else's situation. Right. I just said I was not going to be right a statistic. I'm not going to be one in the number. I might be in some numbers, but I'm not in that one. Right. Um. So, I think I know that there are people that. Um, like raw sex, I think if you're going to have raw sex with an individual, I think one y'all ought to be honestly just my opinion. You should be in a committed relationship. With I that agree. Person. I agree. Because you just can't raw with everybody. Nope. And if you feel like you can, something is wrong. Now there's some people that do. I was just recently part of a conversation several weeks ago where there were people that that really like raw sex. They're very open and honest about it. And that's what they do. I mean, you know, I think that raw sex is natural. Of course, you know, most people like sex better when it's raw, when it's not without, with mm-hmm. the, you know, when it's not, you know, when it's unprotected. However, I think, you know, there's a, like you said, there's got to be, you can't do that with everybody. You know, okay. like, I feel like that kind of, we t- I talk a little bit about, you know, feeling safe and, and the ability to feel safe allows you to freely talk, allows you to freely express yourself, allows you yes to Lord, it allows you to loosen up, baby. loosen up, you loosen know, when you're, when, when you're feeling safe. And I think, you know, to, at least to me, 
if you don't know that person and you're not in like a you know committed relationship proceed with caution please you know because in the end you know it's that safety but you know if you like sex like you said get get you somebody lock them down mm-hmm. at least get you a consistent sexual partner right. you know the problem is sometimes people have three or four different partners here or there they smashing somebody different every other night or every right. week so I, th- I think consistency at least um because some people are just not into monogamy some people are not looking to be tied down but i would say at least be consistent with somebody um because i'm i was in my mind it was like okay if i come up with something if I ever come up with something, I want to know exactly where I, I want to know, and I'm and I'm not ashamed to admit. Years ago, since we're talking about sexual health, mm-hmm. I was dealing with uh, two people at the time. Um, one of whom I did not use condoms with. Mm. You know, so I got a call from the health department, say, "Hey, you've been named in a case." Now I'm like, "Who? Me? Not me." Yes, you. Not me. I know better. Not the velvet. Right. So I went in there and got tested. Everything came back negative. So I knew who I'd been dealing with. So I knew could, I could only narrow it down to two people. Right. So I didn't think about it because I, I didn't think about sexual health back then the way I do now. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with somebody and I was sharing. That was This was one of my sexual partners. I was sharing the experience of how how getting that call Right. And how it made me feel and how frightened I was even driving there. I was on the phone w- with my um with my chosen dad and mm-hmm. um with some other people. And they was, you know, in the car, they was talking to me on the phone while I'm on my way there to go get tested and helping me get get my mind together and everything. Right. And I, I shared all of that, you know, with that person. And then we proceeded to engage in what we were doing, what we mm-hmm. want, what we came to do. And I didn't think about it at the time. But they pulled out a condom. Now, you would think somebody pulling out a condom. I, I, I rationalized it at first right. because we just had this conversation. Right. You know, I don't relate all these fears, different things. And so we don't went ahead and did what we did. And then, but something kept nagging at me. Something kept saying he used the condom. And, I'm, and you would think that that wouldn't, you know, something just kept nagging at me. And I'd only been dealing with two people, like I said. Right. So one night, I asked him. And he admitted it. Now. That it was him? The the Darius that's talking right now is not the Darius uh, from a few years ago. Because that Darius was ready to catch a case. But in that moment, I had to. um, I had to calm myself down. And really listen and understand and understand that I played a part mm. in this. And so often we we want to put the blame on the other person, right? But we don't accept our responsibility and our accountability um, in the decision making that we make, right? Um, and so I had to own that for myself. And so it's kind of like you know we typically want to blame the person who may have a diagnosis, right? Um, you didn't tell me, but yes, but did you ask, right? Did you assert yourself in that situation? Say no. Uh-huh. This is what I want. You know. Yeah, and so I you know, I learned a very valuable lesson from that experience. And so that's always to never assume, never okay. assume what somebody has going on, or never assume what somebody's knowledge is right. on this particular topic, or never assume. Never and one, never assume that you're the only one, because clearly Come they didn't get now. that from me. Because you had a clean bill of health. Clean. And proud to say, and never came up like that. So, you know, but you, you just can't, I can't stress enough how important it is for you to take responsibility for your own sexual health. Yes. It's not enough to just ask the other person. And honestly, they should be asking you questions too. Right. You should be bringing your condoms to the party too. And this is for my ladies. You know, I think ladies, it's okay. Let's normalize carrying our own condoms. Let's normalize, you know, being, you know, assertive with saying, yes, please wear a condom, you know, for multiple reasons, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because like KID that. ain't the only thing you got to worry about. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. No, that's right. <laughs> So here's another one. Um, 
Learning from porn doesn't always help. Sometimes it's best to just leave that stuff to the professionals. Porn is so unrealistic a lot of times. Porn, you watch porn and you, and I think sometimes it gives people false expectations of what sex is. I agree. What it's supposed to look like, what it's supposed to feel like. Mm -hmm. Some of that stuff that you be seeing people doing in porn, I'll be like, ooh, now it's fun to look at. It's but it's a scene that they created. But it's a scene that they created. Like, and I'm just like, ooh, no, I ain't finna be I ain't finna be um I ain't finna be in a three hour porn and I have a climaxed. Right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that's probably the most unrealistic part about I mean, it is the on. length of time that these things be happening. You know, like, come on, I'm like, somebody ought to be tired. Somebody I be feel like there was a, like a generation of America that was like raised on porn. I'm like like I'm ready to go fix the sandwich. <laughs> That's how they learn. I think the movies do a little bit better. Yeah, and so the movies do a little bit better, but I think sometimes porn, you know, is portraying very false. sort of like the 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 reality of sometimes yeah. it really is. And then just it's, the just, one it's, just the, it's just the uh, it's just the you meet up, you you get you go right into it. And a lot of times, even with the storylines, would just be awful. Porn has awful storylines and the worst acting ever. Yes, um, but um, the storylines don't even. I guess I guess sometimes conversations about sexual health can ruin the mood. Right. You know, it ain't nothing um, worse than when you in the moment and then somebody wants to start asking you questions that they should have asked you in the beginning. Right. I agree with you. You know, when like you're talking to this person and you're trying to set all of this stuff up, ask some questions. So And then you get into it and then all of a sudden they wanna yeah. pull up now. That would of, be kind of the a mood has been lost. Things have gone down, literally. Um <laughs> I'm ready to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> The well has run dry. <laughs> it's time to go. I agree with that. Yeah, I feel like there's like a portion of America that was probably raised on porn. And uh, right now, like, probably messed up, you know. But it's messed up because it's not realistic. <laughs> sex life. It's not realistic. And, it's you know, and it's, it's like some of that stuff you be seeing people do, I'll be like, uh-uh, baby, you're you not going to be restricting my blood flow that long. That's not no. even. That's not even. Um. No. Th- that's not even safe to me. It's not. Um. Here's another one. Honest truth. If you can't have an honest conversation about a specific kink, you are not ready to do it. You should get comfortable talking about it before you do it. I agree. I do too. I think, especially if you know it's something you haven't done, or it's something that you know that your partner may not be into. Mm-hmm. It definitely needs to be some conversations. Especially if it's the first time that, that maybe they're introducing it to you or maybe you're trying to introduce it to them. You know, you really got to be patient with people. We got to sit down and have a conversation what you can't do. Okay. And spring it on me in the moment. No. No. <laughs> talk about, try nothing talk new. about turn over. What? <laughs> Why? What you mean? Why? <laughs> What's going to happen here? I'm with you. No, nah, bro. We don't do that. I'm with you. <laughs> Let's have this conversation beforehand. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, how about this? Public sex can be overrated. Don't do it unless you actually want to. Hmm. Honestly, I've had good experiences with public sex. <laughs> it was a little crickety in here for like a hot second. It was. I had to think about that question. No. I mean, overrated, but <laughs> fun. Ooh, baby, tell me, I know it. But back in, the, in, my, in my days, up on the Seven Hills, baby, I had my little spots, baby. I can't. <laughs> Not the lookout point, baby. I, I had all the vantage points. I could see everything coming and going. Not the lookout point. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. All right. <laughs> Ooh, I, I choked up on that one. You all right? I had a flashback. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, here, here's one, and, and this is the final one, and, and I really like this. It says, you don't owe sex to any damn body. <sighs> yes, but make sure you don't promise something that you're not prepared to pay. Oh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about these uh, entanglements. that people Because we people will use sex to get people to do things. They will use sex as a way to control or manipulate people or situations. 
um, I just got through talking to somebody recently, um, a family member about somebody that she's dealing with. And I said, you know, man doing this, he doing all this, he doing that. He's spending money, but you're not serious about him. And you dangling this carrot over his head. You know, I said, you better be careful. Because right. that kind of stuff can really backfire on you. Right. And it can be dangerous. And it can be dangerous. Yeah. I so. definitely don't consult. I mean, condone sexual assault or sexual abuse. Um, but I think this goes back to what you're talking about, putting yourself in dangerous situations. True. True. Indeed. You do not owe anybody sex. And no is definitely no. But I 100 percent agree. Don't put yourself in a situation where, you know, it's too late for you to. And don't fool yourself about people's intentions, because I know men, men, men will let you know what they want. They don't have to. We don't have to say it explicitly. You know, we you can tell by our actions. If a man is he's he's spending money, he's doing things for you. You know, there's an expectation that there is something that he wants. And and I, I just think it's naive in 2022 to not be honest about that. Now, talk to us a little bit about um, National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day that just passed, but I've extended it. It's now a full month. Yes. But talk to us about, you know, why it's so important to, um, you know, focus on National Black HIV AIDS Awareness. So every year, February the 7th, we acknowledge that as uh, National, Black, National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day here. Um, it's a day of awareness. Um, black specifically. Um, make up almost half of new HIV cases in this country. Um, right now, we are roughly 10 to 13% of the population, but we make up almost half of the cases in this country. So that tells you right there, there's, there's a huge disparity issue there. Locally, where we are in Pinellas County, I think blacks make up roughly like maybe 10% of the population of this county, but um, we're almost half of the new cases in this county, um, specifically here in Pinellas County, um, the bulk of uh, cases for people living with HIV are on the south side, right here where we are, in south side St. Petersburg, zip codes 33701, 33705, That is not to say that we don't have cases all over the county, because we do, but we have an abundance of cases in those specific areas. And so days like HIV awareness are just days that we acknowledge that we have, um, that there is an issue um, that people, um, that black people are, you know, are contracting HIV at a disproportionate rate, um, that we are disproportionately affected due to different, um, due to different factors or different reasons. It could be, um, um, it could be social determinants of health. It could be, um, uh, wealth disparity it could be lack of education it could be literacy it could be any number of things um but we do have a problem here in this county and just overall nationwide when it comes to new cases and so what we want to do um is bring awareness to the situation um we cannot think in 2022 that this is not still an issue it very much is particularly with our younger people um uh, that 18 uh, to 39 year old age group that's what we're seeing the bulk. If we're just looking by age, that's what we're seeing a lot of um, cases. Even in our, even in our, our, um, our seniors, our you know, um, people fifty five and up. You know, um, the fire may be low, but it's still smoking the chimney. And so, you know, even if, with that population, um, we're seeing increases in terms of new cases of HIV. And so, part of what we are doing here. Uh, specifically in Pinellas County, we're raising awareness. You're going to see a lot of television, radio, um, advertisements, um, promoting um, prevention strategies such as PrEP, pre-exposure prophylaxis. That is a uh, preventative tool for anyone who does not have an HIV diagnosis that can help prevent HIV. It's a one-pill regimen. Um, now they've come out with a um, um, a PrEP that you can uh, you can get an actual shot if you're not a fan of taking pills. Um, so there's, there's a lot of advances, but we're also just promoting 
healthy conversations about sex like what we've been doing tonight we are back uh i'm still here with the velvet missionary and i just want to say you know before we end tonight thank you um because i always like chopping it up with you i always like you know the passion that you have for just um people and really helping people understand how important it is to you know just be be healthy in sex healthy you know have a healthy sex life um be you know sexually healthy so i have a question though um for you what advice would you give to like young teens who are trying now to figure out their sexual health their sexual identity um you know just just who they are in the world of you know sex i would say i think honestly sexual health education should start in the home but we know that doesn't always happen so if you can't talk to your parents somebody in the home Find somebody that you can talk to. Um, I don't want to necessarily say that it can't be a peer, but sometimes you're in the same place as your peer. Um, so if you if there's somebody older that you trust, whether it be a counselor, another relative, somebody that can that you feel can can hold your confidence, mm-hmm. um, then do that. Um, don't feel like you have to follow the same path that somebody else took. Um, there's many different ways to get there. Um, do what's comfortable and what feels right for you and not necessarily for the other person right. because you have to live with, with the decision that you make and, and the consequences that may come from that. So I would just say, um, don't be in such a rush. Um, if I could tell my younger self that I wanted to know, that was going to be my next question. What would you tell your younger self or what, what did you want would have liked to have heard? I, I think I would have told myself that, to love yourself, to if other people don't love you or accept you or understand you, that's okay. They're not meant to. Mm-hmm. And that you don't have to you don't have to sleep around for um um for value. You don't have to sleep around to feel better about who you are. Mm-hmm. Um that the people that love you and care about you, those persons will find you. You know, and that you don't you don't have to compromise yourself for anybody. Agreed. I think those I would I would tell my younger self some of those same things, you know, and, um, you know, I like what you've said about, you know, where where messaging needs to go now for, you know, the younger generation for those teenagers and what they need to be aware of. I mean, listen, they they have the world at their fingertips, literally. Um, yes, and can I say something else too? I yeah, think it's so par- important that parents, grandmothers, uncles, aunties, those that people who are raising children, that you create safe spaces for your children to come to you and talk to you. And I and I know particularly if you're talking about um, if your if your child expresses a different orientation um, than you might like, um, it is so important that no matter what your child likes. That you create a safe space because they feel like they can't talk to you. They're going to go out and talk to everybody else. They're going to hide things from you and they're going to go out and do things mm-hmm. um, where if where if we as adults, parents, caretakers, you know, whatever, if we had been um, willing to have that conversation, despite however we may feel that that may have saved that that child, that young boy, that young girl, some trauma. Um, and if you don't know how to address it, connect them with somebody that can. Agreed, one hundred percent. How would you? How would you think? Um, you know, a, a parent who maybe for them this is all new, and as much as they're trying to be there for their child, they're maybe overwhelmed by maybe the information that they're getting, or maybe they're uncomfortable. Like, what would you say? What can help them? I think that they they should seek they should seek out maybe um, maybe they need to talk to a counselor. You know, there's no guide to parenting. You know, um, a lot of people I think learn through trial and error, um, or they go by the example that they had. You know, from their parents or whoever raised them. So I think if it's something that you're just not comfortable with or familiar with, go do some research. Go talk to somebody that can um, help educate you on how to deal. With this situation or if it's something that you just and I know a lot of times religion um, comes into play. Right. Um, still love your child regardless. Regardless. You may not like what they do, but you can't stop loving your child. No. 
And and I like the, the idea of having a safe space so that when they do come into this space, you have some words of wisdom from them. You know, we went through the honest truth and this list. And, you know, there's a lot of things that I feel like are great conversation starters with, you know, a partner, um, your young, you know, teenager who you may, you know, suspect might be starting to do some things. Um, but, you know, having normalizing these types of conversations, I think, is what you can, you know, create when you create those safe spaces for your teenager or someone younger. It doesn't even have to be your child, you know, somebody younger that might identify with you or identify with, you know, something about you that they feel like they want to talk to you about it, mm -hmm. you know. I would say, you know, always have something in your back pocket to be able to offer them, especially as it comes to, to sexual health. You know, I have a teenager and I try, you know, I do a lot of thinking when I'm talking to her, um, especially when she come when she comes to me with something um, that for her is just like every day. And sometimes for me, it makes me like uncomfortable because I'm just like, OK, we talk about this now. All right. Um, but I'm always trying to, you know, really maximize those opportunities that she does come to me and does say something that you know i probably wouldn't have said to my mom but she's being open and honest about whatever it is that she's talking about so you know sometimes it takes me a little minute but you know i try to be on my p's and q's because it's gonna come out of left field usually mm -hmm. um and well, so you suspect it too a lot yeah of times. i want to i want to maximize that time so that she can remember, you know, those conversations um, and try to, you know, really create that space for her. You know what? This has been such a fun conversation. I love this new lighting that we have in here. For those of you who are listening in, no, it's giving me very, uh, very much like smoky cafe. So if you want to picture that and like put I that vision alone. in your head, um, it's very smoky cafe ish in here. Um, you know, really, sexual health, you know, really starts from within, really starts with you, really starts with you figuring out, you know, there's a lot of people that may have gone through some childhood trauma that probably, you know, therapy is good. If you need that in order to feel sexy, feel feel like you're in charge and in control of your sexual health and you know what makes you happy and what doesn't. I mean, that's the name of the game when it comes to, you know, being healthy sexually. I would like to thank my guest for today, the Velvet Missionary, for dropping some jewels on his way. Um, he came at the last minute, but I do appreciate him for coming. Uh, you can follow Nurse Shar on IG at Nurse underscore Shar underscore RN. Twitter Nurse Shar RN and TikTok Nurse Shar RN. Um, you can also follow you, uh, me on YouTube, My Better Living, uh, and also on Facebook. Thank you again to the sponsors, uh, The Bird Cares. And you can catch My Better Living every Tuesday at 8.30 live on Power Plug Radio. Make sure you download that app. You're listening to Power Plug Radio. Hey! Home of your throwback jams.